0: Hey, Nicole, good morning. Good morning to you. Um, thank good you for, morning. Thank you for being here. What I'm going to do now is I'm just trying to log on earlier, uh, and I'm going to begin playing some some um, just a little soft music, and we're going to get started at the same time, but I just wanted to try to uh, be here before anyone else comes so that we can try to um, control the atmosphere before we get started. But it's so glad yes. to have you. I'm going to go ahead and get, you. Uh, get you muted. All right. Yeah, this
1: is what I
0: want.
1: For you I pour it out for you I pour it out I pour, I pour it out for you <coughs>
0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's so wonderful to um, to be with you uh, this morning. Uh, for those who are interested, that was um, Like Oil Live. Um, we Will Worship, MMUSO Live. Um, I really like uh, that song. Uh, Laura Huggins, Christina, uh, Kim Vivian everyone thank you uh, who are in our Facebook world as i've been talking before we started our worship um, I would encourage you to just help me to uh, continue to um, cultivate the atmosphere and I think I believe um, I saw that we have kenya new york we have well, we have the continent we have the country of Kenya we have New York, we have Arkansas, Mississippi, um, and many more places. If you're not in the city of Memphis, we'd love to know where you are. You are family, distant and near. Uh, everyone who is on the teleconference, thank you. Of course, you can only hear me. I can't hear or necessarily engage you, but I'm very glad that you're here. Many of you are getting ready for work. Uh, if you're like my mother, you're on your way out of um you know, the workhouse, so um, thank you all for being here. I do not take your presence uh, for granted. It uh, is 6 o'clock, and we've been burning the midnight oil. We've been pressing in, and it's just been a whirlwind. Um, Thank you again for being here. I don't take it uh, for granted at all, not even a little bit. Um, So um, I just say to you, welcome, everyone. This is the fourth day of the fast. If this is your first day, we welcome you. If this is your second day, we welcome you. If you fall fallen, if you didn't perform, quote-unquote, um, the best, you know, to, to your satisfaction, it's fine. We gradually get better. The operative word for today is uh, gradual. And I sensed on last night, I don't know, uh, Facebook, did you enjoy last night? I enjoyed last night. Uh, we went in a different direction than I anticipated um, and um, that's the direction the Lord wanted to go in, so I had, to, I wanted to, and I chose to submit to God's will, as we should all uh, desire to do. Um, but last night was good. If you didn't chime in last night, uh, do yourself a favor and go to my website. No, well, well, actually, go to um, Facebook, I Am Isaac Curry, not my private, but go to my public Uh, Facebook, and um, check it out. Um, I will have it on my my website later on uh, this evening, but last night was good. Uh, It has been recorded for those of you who could not join us. Um, I sincerely appreciate you, and I noticed even last night that many of you, as the word was being shared, you typed in what you heard being communicated so that someone else who can't quite hear me, or who missed it can receive a blessing. So do the same thing. You like and you share and you comment. Um, I want to jump in today because I want to be even more responsible with your time. So do understand this. The first few days of the fasting will be like this. Um, we just have. There's a lot of things that we have to do um, in order to um, just. Uh, get things up and running. We have to get into the flow. We need to get into the flow and the flow of the Spirit, the Spirit that the Lord want us to, wants us to operate in. So there's a lot of things that we have to take care of, a lot of things that I have to deal with and just address. But um, I imagine next week will be smoother. My goal, the operative word is goal, is to try to have us within the 6 o'clock, 6.30 range, right? Um, but yesterday, of course, around the 6.40 45, but hopefully we can get within the 6 and 6.30 range. Uh, If not, do understand if you have to log off, that's why it's recorded. I bless you with the blessings of Jesus Christ. Um, Last thing before we jump into the Word for today um, is that if you have not received the email for the lessons 1 through 5 for this week, if you have not received the manual I need you to go back and make sure that you put in the correct email address on my website, Re- sign up, re-register, uh, but do know that I have sent it out and I've sent it out a couple of times uh, for people who have not opened it. So it's about 50 out of 300 people, it's about 50, 60 people who have not even opened the email. And so check your spam folders, check your um Deleted files, I don't know, but it's been sent to you. And if you need to put in another address, do so. Um, push. Continue pressing. Continue pushing. Um, just continue pressing in. Um, God sees you. And just like myself, my constant prayer, even myself, is, Lord, I want to make sure that everything I'm doing is with the right spirit and with the right attitude. I do not take for granted even when I get up in the morning and as I preach, when I prepare the message, as I share with you what I'm sharing with you, I don't take for granted that at any moment I could be operating uh, in my own will um, or in my own flesh. So I always want to talk to the Lord and present myself afresh and anew that my motives are pure and that if something is incorrect, Or if something that I'm doing is not of his will, that he reveal it to me. So don't feel bad uh, in your fasting that you come back and you ask the Lord and you continue to ask the Lord to make sure that he proves and shows your motives to be pure. Right? Um, I don't take for granted, and that's arrogance and that's pride to believe that you don't need to present that to the Lord. So as you are proceeding, make sure that you're just talking to the Lord and making sure and asking him to make sure that um, your motives are pure. Um, so what we have to do is we have to make a couple of adjustments. Fasting must be accompanied with five things. And then hopefully if time is blessing us, what I want to do is I want to just give you uh, one uh, point from our lesson today. So although I'll be dealing with the five uh, things that must be accompanied with fasting, um, use our lesson for today as your scripture or your passage that you can kind of jump into uh, sometime today. Lord, I bless you and I thank you for these, your children, everyone who has engaged, who has joined in in digital world, on the phone, uh, who are on their way to work, who are on their way from work. I am praying, God, uh, throughout this country, throughout this world, everyone who is here today, that, God, you give them the blessing that they need to proceed and carry on with this day. I am praying for productivity I'm praying for your will to be done, and I'm praying that, God, we can see you even uh, more clearer. And I'm praying, God, that we continue to uh, chasten our flesh, and we continue to listen to your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so jumping in, uh, Shazetta, it's good to see you, my friend. Pastor, it's good to see you. Um, Fasting must be accompanied with five things. It's worship. Intense prayer, an intentional focus on God, a repentant heart, and a prepared atmosphere. I gave those to you yesterday. I want you to write them down, and if you're on YouTube, make sure you get those points out so people can uh, receive them when they do log on. Again, I'll say one more time. Fasting, when we're fasting, there's five things that we have to make sure that we keep alongside us as we fast. Make sure that fasting, our fasting, is accompanied, is partnered with worship, intense prayer, an intentional focus on God, a repentant heart, and a prepared atmosphere. Worship. Worship. So, if we look at, like, Acts chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3, um, which we'll look at again probably the latter part of next week, you have Paul and you have Barnabas before they are given an assignment to go out and to share the gospel together. This is before this happens. Uh, They don't know that they're in partnership and they're about to go out. They don't know. What you do find is many of the prophets... And uh, teachers and preachers they 're in the church, and the Bible will teach us that they 're praying and that they 're fasting, but there 's something in the text that it'll show you that they 're also doing before the Spirit of God shows up. It will tell you uh, in the King James version, it will tell you that they are ministering to the Lord, and so if you 're not um, if you don't have that revelation, you would read right past that before the text to say that they they were ministering before the Lord or they were ministering to the Lord. That means that they were engaging in intense worship. To worship is to minister to God, is to minister to the Lord. That is what worship is. Worship is not satisfying our own desires because we want this song to be what we want to be and because it's not what we like and what we want to hear, then we won't we won't engage in quote-unquote worship. Worship has nothing to do with us. Worship has nothing to do with our preference. Worship is singularly ministering, our spirit singularly ministering to the Lord. So look at the text. It says, in Acts chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. Acts chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian who had been brought up uh, with Herod of the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord... What that means is as they worshiped, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Please do not think your fasting supplements your worship or your fasting supplements your prayer. No, those fasting is fasting, and you need to also uh, make sure that worship is, a part of, is partnered with your fasting. So as they ministered to the Lord, meaning as they worshiped, to the Lord and fasted, then, look at the Bible, it says the Holy Spirit began to speak. Now the Holy Spirit says, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and then sent them away. I want to go into all of the things going on in that text But that's a lesson for next week. But what I want you to be able to gather in that is the fact that it gives us an example. These are the disciples after Jesus has ascended um, and he said, when I leave, then you will fast. We see in this text that fasting should be accompanied with worship. We need to make sure that when we are fasting, as we are fasting, we're making sure that we're ministering to the Lord and to take our time to worship. All right, so it's Making sure that our fasting is accompanied with worship, that is, ministering to the Lord, it's important. It's important to know that we have to minister to the Lord by way of our worship. The second thing is intense prayer. I could have used that same passage to show you how they made sure that prayer and worship and fasting were all distinct things, right? And so, but in Jonah... Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, I made reference to it yesterday, um, but I made reference to it many times. So again, Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 and verses 8, or you can do 5 through 8. What is significant about this is that Jonah um, is going to Nineveh, and he's sharing the message of God, um, that God is basically about to uh, destroy all of Nineveh because of their sinful deeds and their lifestyle. And yet the king decides that he's going to change the game and that he's going to respond and he's going to be more obedient. And so then he proclaims a fast throughout all of the land. And as he, he proclaims a fast, he gives everyone instructions. He says every pe- people who have been in church long, people who are just new to church, all of us are going to fast. From the greatest to the least, kings and people who are just the servants, uh, everybody's going to fast. And he makes sure that even the animals put on burlap and sackcloth and that they fast as well. Everybody's going to fast. But you will find in the text that he instructs, make sure that not only do we change our ways, but make sure that we pray Earnestly to God. Why do I give you Jonah? Because Jonah is a powerful passage simply because God had made up his mind that he was going to destroy them, and yet after they fasted and they prayed earnestly to God, this is one of the very few passages throughout the Bible that you would discover that God changed his mind. Right? And so if I want to find you a passage, if I want to present to you something, I want to present to you the one passage where. Their fasting and their earnest praying to God caused God to to, to say, hold up, let me have more compassion and let me change what I was going to do. This is what the passage says. The people of Nineveh, chapter 3, verses 5, believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. Uh, Verse 5 or verse 8 says, the people and animals alike must wear garments. This is what the king said. Of mourning. And everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all of their violence. Praying earnestly to God doesn't mean that you have to have all the right words, you have to have all the big words, you have to pray for a long time, you have to pray from sun up to sundown. No, it doesn't mean necessarily any of those things. But just as much time you spend worrying, just as much time you spend trying to please people on your job or please your spouse or please people who don't care anything, the energy you give to many of the other things in your life, what I'm trying to encourage you to do is give that same energy to your prayer life right just like you learn how to do all the other things that you do all of the stressing we talked about last night the eating habits the sleeping habits and the stressing habits all of the the energy you give to all of these different things what i'm saying is learn how teach yourself how to give that same energy to your prayer. There's a lot of things in your life you didn't know how to do that you taught yourself how to do. What I'm telling you, your words mean less because the Bible teaches us even when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf. So don't worry about praying like me. I'm not trying to learn how to pray like pastor, uh, another pastor, or TD Jakes or someone else popular, and it's great to, to be able to use words that sound great, but I believe uh, what what God wants more from us is sincerity of heart. So you have to make sure that worship, intense prayer, these two things accompany um, fasting. Don't just be so caught up on not eating that you forgot to pray, right? That not eating and making sure that you got your your eating regimen down so 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 well that you hadn't even worshipped, right? And so you're just making sure that you're not eating and you hadn't spent any time just bowing your head and just being still and just talking to the Lord. About what? That's between you and the Lord. My singular goal is to teach you how to discern the voice of God in low-impact scenarios so that when God gets you to a higher platform, you won't have to stress or wonder what God is saying because you're learning in this context how to hear God's voice. The third thing. When you're fasting, someone make sure that you put those points up on Facebook so that they can uh, hear what we're saying. Uh, You want to make sure that when you're fasting that you have an intentional focus on God. An intentional focus on God, Daniel chapter 9 verse 3. You know, we all, and wait. I can't wait to get to Daniel next week, but we all want to mimic Daniel with the Daniel fast, and we have the least understanding about what Daniel went through and what Daniel's fast really looked like. So I can't wait until next week before we get a chance to get a better understanding of who Daniel was and what his fasting lifestyle, his culture really looked like, but that's not for today. But one thing about his culture, the dynamic of his uh. His lifestyle or his his fasting culture was that he made sure that he had an intentional focus on God. In chapter nine, verse three, it will say, "Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make my repress to, to, to make my to make request my by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes." I didn't read that right. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. This is what he did. This is when he bit. And there's other things that he did that we'll talk about. He was reading the Word of God, and yet he learned after reading the Word of God how to direct his prayers. We'll talk about that. How the Word of God needs to inform your prayers, but that's not the, the task for the day. But what he did do was he made an intentional focus on God. When it says that he set his face toward the Lord, what that literally means is he gave God his undivided attention. He gave God his undivided attention. You know what it's like to try to pray and try to read your Bible and try to talk to the Lord, and yet he doesn't have your undivided attention. It takes work. It takes intention to make sure that God has your undivided attention, right? So he made sure that when he was fasting, every day, every morning, that he set his face to the Lord, that he stopped what he was doing, and he gave God his undivided attention. So make sure each day even throughout the day. Don't it's okay to be able to pray to God when you're when you're going to and fro when you're in the car. All that's fine. But also make sure that throughout your day that God can get your undivided attention. Right? It's important. It's important that we do that. That's Daniel chapter 9 verse 3. Number 4, make sure when you're fasting that you have a repentant heart. A repentant heart, a repentant heart. And i like to use Psalms 35, verse 13, as an example. Psalms 35, verse 13, a repentant heart. This is David. What we don't teach people, we teach people a lot about David, but we don't teach people that David had a fasting lifestyle, that David had a culture of fasting behind the scenes that powered, empowered his life, right? We want the joy, we want the victories, but we don't want You know, the things that take place behind the scenes. But in this passage we read before uh, in uh, previous messages, it says, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. He says, my clothing was sackcloth. He said, I humbled myself with fasting and my my prayer returned to my bosom. Everything that I prayed for, for the other people, the Lord made sure it came back to my own heart. Because when I prayed, I made sure that I humbled myself, but I also made sure that my clothing was sackcloth you will often see the word sackcloth accompanied with the word fasting, especially in the Old Testament. And so sackcloth was symbolic for a repentant heart, that when you put on ashes on top of your head or you put on sackcloth, sackcloth was, it was black, it was, it was, it was rough, hair that came from goat. It was black goat's hair that came from goat's, and you would put this on, this this goat's hair, which did not feel good. You would put on the black goat's hair that did not feel good. You would wear this. And this was symbolic to people when they saw you wearing the black goat's hair, that you were repentant, you were sorrowful, and you were having a repentant heart to the Lord. So when they saw you, they knew that you were bowing your head, you had a posture of humility, and that you were having conversation with the Lord. So whenever people fasted in the Old Testament, they wanted to make sure that they had an outward profession of what was going on on the inside to make sure that they were humble, but to make sure that they were telling the Lord, I am repenting for my lifestyle, for anything in my life that is not pleasing to you. So make sure that when we're fasting, that you are having a conversation with the Lord, but you're opening yourself to for God to reveal to you yourself. This is why when he tells the people, and I believe in Deuteronomy 8 and 3, he's saying, when I took you out in the wilderness and I put you on the intermittent fasting, I did that to show you what was in your heart. And you want God to show you what is in your heart. And when we're fasting many times, God will reveal to us who we are and we learn more and more why we really need Him. So a repentant heart is something that must accompany fasting. And the last thing is a prepared atmosphere. A prepared atmosphere. A prepared atmosphere. What do I mean by a prepared atmosphere? When you are fasting, your atmosphere is essential. When you are fasting, you must protect your atmosphere. There are many consequences if you do not protect your atmosphere, if you do not take responsibility of your atmosphere, There are consequences. And so when I talk about the atmosphere, when I talk about your environment, it can have detrimental effects on you if you're not careful um, when you are fasting. When you are fasting, the enemy knows you are fasting, so warfare is heightened. When you are fasting, there are a lot of things, a lot of activity that begins to take place. But what I like is Ephesians 5:17 through 19 that I've quoted before, but we go back to look at it because it talks about your atmosphere and it reveals to you the importance of your atmosphere. It says, wherefore, don't be unwise, but understand the will of the Lord. Your goal is to understand the will of the Lord. And how do you understand the will of the Lord? One task or one way you can learn to understand the will of the Lord is don't be drunk with wine. In excess, don't be drunk with wine because it's hard for you to understand the will of the Lord when you're being controlled by other things, by outside sources, right? So if you want to understand the will of the Lord, let me first tell you, the text says, don't be drunk with other things that are not of the Spirit. And it says, if you want to learn the will of the Lord, it says, be being filled With the Holy Spirit. I know you don't see that in your text, but when you understand the translation, it says, Be being filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning continue being filled with God's Spirit throughout your life. You you can never get enough of the Lord as you pour yourself out. Make sure that you're asking God to continue to fill you with His Spirit. You want to always ask God to fill you with His Spirit. Always ask. Many of us we're living on old anointing and old filling. You were filled with God's Spirit two years ago, six months ago, we're talking about today. You poured yourself out last week, you need a fresh infilling of God's Spirit. You need God to breathe on you afresh and anew. The text says you should want to know God's will for your life, and if you're going to understand God's will for your life, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Continue being filled with the Holy Spirit, but this is what he says. Speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, and making a melody in your heart to the Lord. Continue speaking to yourself and speaking aloud hymns, songs, spiritual songs, making a melody in your heart. What is the text saying? The text is saying take responsibility of your atmosphere. I'll talk a little bit about atmosphere tomorrow, a little more, but it's saying take responsibility of your be Being filled with the Holy Spirit, well, how, how do I do this? Well, let me tell you, start speaking aloud and start singing aloud and start singing in your heart. You need to take responsibility of your atmosphere, everything going on around you. And when I, when I mention the name atmosphere, the question is this. What happens to the atmosphere when you enter into a room? You carry an atmosphere with you. Everyone on the phone, everyone in, in, in on YouTube, you carry an atmosphere with you. And the question is, what, what happens to the atmosphere when you enter? But the real question is this, what happens when you don't protect your atmosphere? And let me summarize it with this. What happens when you don't protect your atmosphere, it being 629, is this. When we looked at Numbers chapter 11, although your lesson plan says it comes from New Living Translation, actually that's the New King James Version. You can read both the New King James Version and the New Living Translation. But look at what happens. When you don't protect your atmosphere, this is what happens. In verse 4 of chapter 11 of Numbers, and you'll read on your own, it says... Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. They fell a lust to their appetite. The mixed multitude were people from the outside who were not fasting with the children of Israel. Now, in Numbers chapter 11, the people, the Israelites, had been on an intermittent fast where they were eating the manna and they were also eating the quail at specified times. God gave them instructions in Exodus chapter 16 on what to do. Remember, he told them eat in the morning, eat in the evening, and only eat one omer, which is just enough for you. Don't eat what you want, you desire, eat only what you need. But when the mixed multitude came into their atmosphere and they didn't protect it, soon as they began complaining, now the Israelites turned around and began complaining to God. Because the mixed multitude came in, they started complaining, and because I didn't protect my environment and I didn't protect my atmosphere, the people on my job started talking about my fasting, and then all of a sudden I started changing my mind don't allow people to come into your camp and dictate how you need to behave during your fast. Do not allow people to come into your camp and dictate to you how you need to behave in your fast. What am I saying? They were fasting. The mixed multitude were not the mixed multitude came into their atmosphere, started complaining, and because I wasn't protecting my atmosphere, I started complaining too. And now God is upset, and if you keep reading the text, God said, you know what, Moses, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I want you to get some people to help you, and I'm going to make so many, so much quail come down from heaven, and I'm going to give them more than enough, so much so that they're going to have food coming out their nostrils. They're going to have so much to eat, they ain't going to know what to do with it because they don't feel like they have the food that they want to eat. This is what happens. And so when this happens, in verse 32 of chapter 11 of Numbers, I'll leave you with this. It says, and the people stayed up all day, all night, and all the next day, and gathered the quail. He who gathered least gathered ten omers. And they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. This is the blessing. Don't miss this. The quail came down, and it said the people who gathered the least gathered ten omers. And they spent all day and all night just playing with their food and gathering their food. They had more than enough. And as soon as they began to eat, God killed them, those people. And the name of their place was Graves of Gluttony. What am I saying? In Exodus chapter 16, he told them, only gather one omer, only enough for you. But when all this quail came around, they gathered at least 10 omers, which meant they were being greedy. They were fasting, but they weren't protecting their atmosphere. And now the people at my job, the people in my family have been talking crazy about my fasting, so I feel a little insecure, so I'm just going to switch up my fasting because... They said, I should, so I'll just change everything I'm doing because I'm not protecting my atmosphere. So now, as they began to get into their flesh, then they began to eat more than what God had instructed them to do back in Exodus. When you yield to your appetite, you will always eat more than you actually need. They had more in front of them than they actually needed, and when they began to eat the ten omers, that's when it really upset God. Why? Why? Because loyalty always proves itself in the face of options. Loyalty always proves itself in the face of options. They had so much food in front of them. All they had to do was just say, no, I'm going to get enough for me. And when God saw that they gave in to their desires, it proved that they were not loyal to his word. Loyalty will always prove itself when there's options. Don't pat yourself on the back when you're doing good, when nothing is around you, nothing's going on around you. But what happens when you have options? When you have options, you'll see where you really are. You want to know where you stand in somebody's life, wait until they have options, and see how they see if they choose you. Then you see loyalty. May the Lord bless you real good. We're four minutes past the 6.30, and I'm not apologizing for that, not even a little bit. But it's 6.34, people have to get to work, some people getting off of work. But I wanted to bless you with that, and I want to let you know that it's important for you to have a prepared atmosphere. Take responsibility of your atmosphere. Take responsibility of your atmosphere. I'm saying it again. Take responsibility of your atmosphere. Because what the enemy will do, he will send people into your atmosphere. They'll start talking a different language, people who hadn't been walking with you, people who hadn't, who hadn't received the word of God to you, and they're going to tell you what you need to do. Don't do that. Prepare your atmosphere. Be mindful of your atmosphere. God spoke to these people. He gave them a word, and the mixed multitude came in and switched up the game. I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. This is not a legalistic fast, trying to be perfect and thinking God's going to condemn you because you made a little error here. No, just get yourself, pull yourself back up, continue talking to the Lord, and ask the Lord to help you to be better. As simple as that. May God be with you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. See you all tomorrow, same time. Get here at 555, and everything will be well. Have a good day, everybody. Yes, um, loyalty. Terry, what's deep? I'd like to know what's deep, which one, of, which one of those remarks is actually deep. Please, everybody, you like, you like, please like, um, love, share. Um, what blessed you? Uh, everybody, the session is over with. You don't have to stay on. I'm talking to people on the teleconference. People who are on YouTube, the session is over with. I'm only talking to people who are lingering. Um, I'm just talking to people who are lingering, the session is over with. But what what blessed you? I'd like to know what blessed you. Uh, Type that in the comment section so that it can be seen. Um, And let's share. Let's try to get about 25 shares or more, uh, 50 shares. And let me stop this recording.